1: It is monday april 11th and you are listening to the west of the rest podcast here on the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast feed my name is blair angulo joined by my co-host the one and only mr brandon huffman how are we doing sir
0: blair i am able to fully invest in the 2023 class and the 2024 class so things are good
1: yeah yeah no no more tracking down 2022 commitments and if you missed it we had an emergency episode Late, late Friday night, uh, around 9.30 Eastern, as Josh Connerly announced his commitment to the Oregon Ducks, the last marquee name in the 2022 group, committing and and coming off the board. He will sign with the Ducks, the five-star offensive lineman, the number one offensive tackle in the country. If you missed it, again, you can catch that episode here on this podcast feed. We've got a a lot of topics to get to, Huff. Uh, A lot of West Coast recruits hitting the road for visits. We've got spring games. We've got spring practices. We've got the big unofficial visits. And dare I say, official visit season has begun. We're going to break down one of those visitors from out West that headed out to the SEC. But before we get there, let's talk about what's trending. Huff, a big time prospect is set to come off the board later this week. Tuesday, in fact, Christopher Bazzina, the the top 24-7 quarterback from the state of Alabama, has named a top six and it sounds like Clemson is trending on the crystal ball. He's got Auburn, Ole Miss, Ohio State, Georgia, Notre Dame, all on the board as well. But this is, a, I think, a really interesting timing because the dominoes are beginning to fall and we're starting to see not only how that affects the recruit that is making the decision and the other quarterbacks behind him, but then the other schools have to kind of pivot to their next option.
0: And this is the time of year where I really feel like not just from a quarterback standpoint, but it then triggers other dominoes. Now receivers want to go to a school because a quarterback's going there. Running backs might be interested. Offensive linemen might be interested. I was talking with the with a source this week and they thought, you know, does Josh Connolly's commitment to Oregon now maybe prompt Oregon's quarterback commitment to come? And so I think not the, only do the quarterback quarterback dominoes affect quarterbacks, but I think it does have a trigger effect with other positions, but certainly all eyes are going to be on, you know, the Xena this week and you now with Nico off the board, Malachi off the board. We're still waiting to see what Jaden Rashada does. He's going to visit Arkansas this coming weekend. There's still the arch factor. We're getting into that heavy, hot season, which we kind of lacked the last two years because of the pandemic and the lack of evaluation period and the lack of spring visits.
1: Yeah. And obviously I think right now, when it comes to quarterback specifically, I think they all realize how important it is for them to come off the board and start recruiting and start getting some of these other prospects to commit to the program that they're going to, right? They they get a head start on being able to attract other options and and really I, I guess build a class around them. So Christopher Vizina, top twenty-four-seven quarterback, announcing his decision around 3:15 Alabama time on Tuesday. So, make sure you stay locked in at 247sports.com for all the latest coverage on that. And now moving forward, we can discuss some West Coast recruits heading SEC country. This has been a a topic that we've covered time and time again. And this class is no different, it seems like. Five-star Jaden Wayne, a defensive lineman from the state of Washington, made it out to LSU last week. And right now, it it sounds like the Tigers made a big-time impression on the 6'5 edge rusher, you know, dynamic pass rusher uh, prospect from the state of Washington.
0: Yeah, and I think when you you know, you know factor in, when he went there last year during the season, it was a completely different look than what he went there and experienced this weekend. When he went during the fall, they were still being coached by Ed Orgeron. I believe at that point, Ed Orgeron had already been told he was going to be let go at the end of the season. So there was still the LSU draw. There's still the LSU defensive draw, but the question was who was going to be the coach. Now he visits this weekend. Brian Kelly is now installed as the head coach at LSU and the Tigers definitely made an impression on Jaden Now the question will be can it be enough, will it be enough to catch Alabama, which seemingly kind of jetted to the front with his visit there last weekend. Obviously Miami's still a factor, Oregon's still a factor, Washington's a factor, but LSU making that ground up this weekend, hosting him for that visit. I anticipate that he'll be back for a game in the fall for an official visit. I think that they will be in he, he's got a top 13 right now when he names it to about a top 5, top 7 ish. I anticipate LSU did enough this weekend to be in that top five, top seven, but they want to be in that top two, top three range against the Alabamas and Miami's. And I think this weekend certainly helped them in that quest to be in that upper, upper tier for Jaden Wayne.
1: Jaden Wayne from Lincoln High School in Tacoma, Washington. Oregon was the only Pac 12 school that you mentioned, and no mention of the hometown Washington Huskies, which I'm sure Husky fans are, are happy to hear. But do you, if you had to maybe forecast it right now do you, do you feel like he leaves the region to to go play his college ball outside the west coast
0: and yeah, i know that there's going to be a lot of husky fans that are not going to want to hear this but i you know i've said this on dogman I think right now the current staff is paying for the sins of the previous staff, and I think that with the the previous staff and really with the previous head coach, there was a lot of momentum loss in state, and we saw it start kind of happening with the 2021 class when you know they got Sam Kewert to commit early, they lost the Metcague book and JT Two and Willowow. Last year they are the 2022 class, they go 0 for five on the big in-state lineman Tobias Merriweather. The number two player in the state goes Notre Dame. So with 2023, they're playing from behind. A lot of these schools, even with LSU having a coaching change, he still went and got to experience LSU. Alabama, Miami, he relationship he has with Mario Cristobal So right now, I would say Jaden Wayne ends up outside the Pac-12 footprint entirely and doesn't stay in the Northwest where Washington and Oregon are trying to keep him. But right now, I think he's got his eyes going on going nationally.
1: A common theme continues, Huff. Kyler Casper, top 24-7 wide receiver from the state of Arizona, who you and I have seen multiple times and and really like uh, his, his sheer athletic ability, his ability to go up and high, high point the football, um, his his route running skills, his body control. Well, he took an official visit and official visits have officially begun. He went out to Tennessee and got to hang out with none other than Nico Iamaleava, who's obviously already committed to the volunteers, the five-star quarterback, the number three prospect overall in the 2023 class, who has been making noise and making waves throughout kind of the the national recruiting landscape, Uh, is able to go out there, hangs out with Kyler Casper and Ryan Callahan, who does a terrific job of covering Tennessee Ball's recruiting over at 24-7. Sports had a nice breakdown. You can head over to to the website, but the gist of it is that the Vols are seriously involved here for for Kyler Casper. He has a number of Pac-12 schools in the mix. Uh, he's got Ohio State high on on his list as well. Obviously, the the job that Brian Hartline is doing at the receiver position, especially out west in recent cycles, is, is nothing to to sneeze sneeze at. Uh, Iowa is also involved. He's a, a, an Iowa legacy with his father Kevin having been a former walk-on who was able to get drafted out of Iowa and played a number of years in the NFL. So, I, I think Tennessee has been the one wild card and the timing of it for me, Huff, is really interesting because what this means and what this says to me is that Tennessee felt like they had a lot of ground to make up and they couldn't risk holding off on getting him on campus. He goes out there, takes an official visit, and all of a sudden Tennessee is, is, is heavily involved right now for Kyler Casper.
0: I think that's the momentum that I talked about at the top of the show. With a commitment from Nico Yamilyava, does that start to trigger receivers that maybe weren't looking at Tennessee as long as they would have? You know, Tennessee's had a rough decade, but let's be honest. They've had kind of a rough last 10 years with coaching turnover and attrition. So now the top three player in the country goes there, makes Tennessee cool. So now other receivers that have seen him at these events, they want to go be a part of it. And I think that's the... The quarterback domino, where the collateral effect ends up becoming great, based on the impact quarterback you get. So, with a guy like Casper, and with a school like Tennessee, and a quarterback like Nico, could that be the momentum? You, know, Tennessee has long recruited the West Coast. You go back historically; they've always done a good job recruiting the West. And now you got Josh Heupel, who has recruited Hawaii very well, who recruited the, the West well at UCF. Now he's realizing, hey, these kids want to go national. These kids want to become impact players nationally. I've got a great opportunity for you. That official visit kind of just goes and in, in, in what you're saying about Kyler with USC, I'm sorry, with, with Tennessee being a factor there, that's where getting an elite quarterback could have a trigger effect.
1: Look at some of the other schools on this list right now. Iowa, Notre Dame, Ohio State, UCLA, Oregon. None of those really have a, a marquee name at the quarterback position committed right now, at least publicly in the 2023 class. So Tennessee having that angle to work with and, and Iyama Leava obviously making him a priority. They've bumped into each other at a number of seven-on-seven tournaments. As, and as we know, in the modern era of college football recruiting, these guys all know each other. Uh, It doesn't matter what part of the country you're from. They follow each other on Instagram. They're messaging each other. They're on Snapchat. They're in group text messages with other recruits. They're bumping into each other at tournaments and at events and camps and then on on on-campus visits. So uh, there's a lot of familiarity no matter where they're from, whether they're from different states uh, within the same region or outside the region. I think all these guys kind of know each other as well. And I know that some of these recruits also look up the huddle and, and the video of, of these other quarterbacks, right? Like, I'm sure that in 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 the past, you had to go and see a player play in a person to get a feel for how good they were. Now, Kyler Casper can go and and fire up his highlights and fire up Huddle and watch every quarterback that that is considering a certain school and say, All right, let's see how he's able to place the ball. Let's see how he's able to maybe air it out downfield or how how accurate is he in the red zone? Those are all factors I, I think right now that are. They're going to work in tennessee's favor not not sure for how long and obviously this first official visit was was key uh but it's going to be interesting to see what else he decides to do this spring because he does want to make a decision before the start of the season let's take a break but after the break we're going to discuss some more prospects from the west coast visiting sec programs you're listening to the west of the rest podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or
0: news
1: Welcome back to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, a West of the Rest edition like we do every Monday. Let's stay out West, Huff, for once and and talk tight end Walker Lyons, uh, one of the better pass catchers at that tight end position, a deep one out West in in this 2023 cycle. And he checked out USC and and already said that he plans to return to L.A. for an official visit.
0: He could not stop raving about the the unofficial visit to USC this weekend. Like you said, already talking about making a return official visit. which i would anticipate will happen in probably late may or in june because i don't think he waits until the fall to take an official but he loved the time there he loved getting to talk to drew hansen to lincoln riley to you know just getting to see usc up close and personally he's been there before but i think getting to experience everything he got to this weekend certainly resonated with him now with walker he's doing a very thorough and deliberate job of visiting schools this spring. He's already visited Stanford, Utah, BYU, three other schools that are in his top six. Uh, made a visit to USC this weekend. they will head out to Ohio State next weekend for their spring game, and Ohio State also in his top six. But you know, make no mistake, USC is going to be a factor here. This is a guy that I thought, you know, maybe BYU, maybe Utah, what would be it? He's got the national schools. Obviously, Stanford, and their recent history of success with the tight end, could make a move. But this USC visit, I think, really had an impact with, with Walker Lyons
1: and it doesn't hurt right to have malachi nelson already committed to usc the five-star quarterback they got zach branch and makai lemon at receiver they're rumored to be now among the leaders for brandon innis this is a program that i think is loading up at skill positions and we'll see how much of a factor tight end is in this offense for lincoln riley at usc or whether or not he feels like he has enough in that room right now to really feature it on the field this fall but they've been targeting the position heavily in in this cycle. Uh, You look at Walker Lyons, you look at the number one prospect overall at the tight end group, and and that would be Deuce Robinson. He's also planning to head out to the USC spring game later this month. And that's probably among the the short list of programs that I, I would peg him for right now if I had to put in a crystal ball, which I haven't. But I do think that it's a position that's gonna be very key, uh, because you can't guard everyone. Uh, you know, you you can't you can't guard the the slot, you can't guard the receivers, you can't, you know, kind of free up the the middle and allow a, a big tight end, a big pass catcher like a Walker Lions to to roam free. And and it's gonna be, I think, one of those positions that they're gonna be able to sell in the recruiting trail and say, hey look, we have this receiver, we have this receiver, we have guys like Relique Brown coming out of the backfield. Uh, there's going to be a lot of opportunities. And I think Walker Lyons, Deuce Robinson, guys like that are really paying attention. So USC and tight ends uh, are definitely a, um, a storyline to monitor here as we move forward in the 2023 recruiting cycle. Speaking of tight ends... Jackson Bowers, the top 24-7 prospect from Mesa, Arizona, made a swing down to SEC Country Huff, made three stops, Ole Miss, Bama, Auburn. And and as the inaugural member of the Jackson Bowers fan club, uh, (laughs) I think you're really interested to see kind of what he does because he's... I think, tailor-made for the SEC.
0: Oh, I mean, he is tailor-made. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. He's got the hands. He's got kind of just that that steely demeanor, too, that I think allows the West Coast guys that go there. Now, I'm not going to say that he is Brock Bowers, uh, even though they are not related. They share the same last name. But they just kind of have that that mentality and that, that kind of that just, I don't know what's the word, the, the, the ish to them, if you will, that, It won't be a big transition if they have to go and play in the SEC. They kind of got that mentality where they can go and they can flourish in that conference. And what I like about McJackson is just that he goes out and he makes plays. No matter what event we see him at, he's making plays. He catches the ball. He runs his routes. He does his thing. He comes back. He doesn't hoot and holler. He just makes plays on you and oftentimes makes you look bad as he's making those plays. And I think, you know, like you said, just – talking to him watching him you know seeing kind of how he would flourish in that conference it's like you say it's a perfect match Blair.
1: Yeah, Jackson Barr is planning to drop a a top seven here uh, real soon. I think in the next week or so, uh, and I would anticipate that Ole Miss, Alabama, and Auburn will all be there. He was able to meet with all head coaches. Lane Kiffin made an impression. Brian Harson made an impression. He said that when he was speaking with Nick Saban, he had to kind of catch himself and realize he wasn't dreaming, uh, and, and he was zoning out in a way, right? Where you're you're kind of hearing Nick Saban talk, but as a recruit, you're like, oh, you're having kind of a th- out-of-body experience in, in a way. And I thought it was really funny to hear him say that. So I would anticipate that all three of those schools will make that list. Uh, I do think he likes Washington. He likes BYU quite a bit as well, just like Walker Lyons, right? They, they've been rumored to be a potential package deal at, at the next level. So that's going to be interesting to see if that materializes as well. Riley Williams, Huff, another tight end from out West that that we really like from the Portland area. Area, uh, dropped a top eight, and the top one hundred prospect in the twenty twenty three class also has an SEC flavor to his list.
0: He sure does, and I think that when you look at his recruitment, you you see a guy that is almost all but certainly heading out of the Pac twelve footprint to play in college, but. There is one Pac-12 school that still is in there, and that's Oregon. And obviously, we saw what they did this weekend, getting Josh Connerly. We've seen how well they've been able to recruit when they want to in state. You know, there's not a lot of elite in-state players that national programs recruit in Oregon, uh, but what they do. Or you know, last year Darius Jones was number one player. He went to Michigan, but Oregon ended up signing, I want to say, three players from the state last year, which was one of their bigger hauls in state. Uh, getting Justice slow, Trejon Williams, and Amari On Winston. Well, Riley Williams may be the best player to come from the state of Oregon since Talanoa Hufanga did in the 2018 class, and he's got the recruitment that kind of shows why he's an elite recruit, but Oregon, where his brother played. His brother walked on there a few years ago and played there. They're the only Pac-12 school there. So this is going to be a key battle between one Pac-12 school, that's the in-state school, against kind of the who's who's list. Ohio State, Michigan, Miami, LSU, Alabama. Ole Miss and Michigan State were kind of the two, not necessarily surprises, but you can understand that, you know, Miami, with, with Mario Cristobal having recruited him for two years, LSU, the draw there, Ohio State and Alabama, certainly, but Michigan State and Ole Miss definitely resonated with him. So he's got a little bit of an eclectic top eight when you think of some of the top eights we've seen of late. That said, I think right now this might be more of a battle between Oregon and Miami. Really likes Miami, really likes Mario Cristobal. Really likes what you know Crystal Ball's got planned for Miami. Then you have the relationship he's building with Drew Meringer at University of Oregon. Can't he keep that in-state momentum and kind of that northwest momentum for Oregon? This is gonna be an interesting battle to watch because I don't think he stays in the West, but if he does, obviously Oregon's in the prime position to get him.
1: Think about tight end you. I mean, Miami is certainly, if not the tight end you, but Put up there right and at least the original tight end you yeah and no one can really fall a, a prospect from one side of the country to go to another side of the country like that and, and kind of represent for a position um we talked about the quarterback dominoes beginning to trickle there's so much talent and so much quality at the tight end position particularly out west in, in this cycle we saw matthew klopfenstein uh four star from arizona already come off the board last week to baylor but they're beginning to fall huff i think we're beginning to to see some prospects come off the board and realize, okay, these are the options that I really have on the table. Let's just get it out of the way before my spot fills up.
0: Well, and another guy from the West, you, you mentioned Matthew Kloppenstein committing to Baylor. I talked to Cooper Flanagan this weekend who visited Notre Dame where he committed last August. He stuck with that commitment uh, despite the coaching change, despite the tight ends, coach recruiting him, leaving for Boston College. So you already have two of the elite, I think there's what, eight Tight ends in the top 247 or that are four stars out West in this 2023 class. And, you know, with Williams and Walker Lyons, we talked about Deuce Robinson last week with with Jackson Bowers. I mean, there are still some elite tight ends hanging out there. But one thing we've seen now, Blair, and again, it goes back to the whole premise of why we started West of the Rest. It's talking about these West Coast guys leaving Cooper Flanagan from the Bay Area, going to Notre Dame. Matthew Kloppenstein from Arizona going to Baylor. You've got the Walker Lions top six that's got half the West Coast or half Western schools, half national schools. You've got Riley Williams. It's got one of his eight are West Coast schools. Jackson Bowers making the shift. So, you know, can the West in what may be the best tight end crop the West has had in some time, can they keep any of these guys in the Western footprint? That's going to be... As big as the quarterback storyline with, you know, what's Jaden Rashada going to do after the commitments of Malachi Nelson and Nico Yamagliavo, what are the tight ends
1: going to do? And and at least nationally, uh, Arkansas already has a couple tight end commitments. Georgia has two as well. Uh, you mentioned Flanagan with Notre Dame. Tennessee has one. Ohio State has one. So these spots have begun to, to fill up, and I, I think we're beginning to see some of those dominoes trickle down. Uh, Dorian Thomas is a player that we saw huff uh, at the Polynesian Bowl Combine and Showcase, recently already committed to Oregon State, but do other Pac-12 schools now move in on them once the Walker Lions and the Deuce Robinsons and the Jackson Bowers types uh, begin to make their decisions? And what happens to a player like Spencer Shannon, who, who we both love right he's a, a, all of 67235 um and, and is i think waiting for his recruitment to to really take off and so that's going to be a name to to monitor i'm sure we'll talk about him later uh later on this year um a, a commitment before we go huff that just happened Monday as we record as USC gets another prospect in the 2024 class and, and and I think you know for them to stay local they go out to Long Beach poly get four star Dylan Williams uh, a linebacker a top 24 7 prospect in the 24 class I think is 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 all you know all about kind of that momentum, all about that buzz and and all about the hype that that Lincoln Riley has been able to build early on.
0: And that's what is important. You know, if you're going to lose a recruit that, you know, you you really wanted over the weekend – what do you do within the next seventy-two hours? Go get a commitment and get a kid from your backyard. Get a guy that you know, Luke and Riley, we saw with the immediate flipping of what he did with some of those players committed to Oklahoma from Southern California. Now you go and you go back to a school which has been so good to USC in recent years and in Long Beach Poly. And I think that that you know is a four-star linebacker going to soften the blow of losing a tackle? Probably not. But does that four-star who is a sophomore who has two more years to continue to flourish and be an elite guy? Does that help? Absolutely. And I think that's the kind of momentum that USC fans want to see that, hey, you know, if there is a, a loss that they take, they end up kind of capitalizing on it, but getting a few more commitments in their favor. And I think Dylan Williams is a great addition to second commitment from Long Beach Poly to USC in the 2024 class along with Jason Robinson. So, you know, USC recruiting at Mater Dei, USC recruiting Los Alamitos, USC recruiting at Long Beach Poly, kind of everything's right just waiting for that Sarah commit I guess
1: so a lot going on nationally out west this is the west of the rest we focus on west coast recruits but you can catch uh, us on this podcast every day this week except Friday on the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast and make sure you stay locked in to 24 7 sports.com for all the latest buzz and recruiting news on your favorite college football team for Brandon Huffman and our producer Lance Glenn I am Blair Gulo thank you so much for listening to this edition of the west of the rest podcast